Right, waiter, I'll have two orders of wings and a pint of bitter for my mate Ian. Welcome to the Wonder Podcast. This is the Wanderer Podcast. Many thanks for downloading, streaming, however it is you're listening. You're very, very welcome. We are on Twitter at Wanderer Podcast and all the main podcast providers if you want to spread the word and tell your friends. My name is Phil Slatter and I'm joined this evening by the one and only Mr. George Taylor. Evening, George. Yeah, good evening, Phil. What a wonderful time to be a Wickham fan. We're on absolutely top form and it just, it's times like this where it doesn't get better being being a football fan, be it whether you're in the Premier League or, or or far lower down, watching your team win virtually every week is one of the joys of life. Absolutely. We are recording this after the 1-0 victory over Bolton. Lewis Wynn's first half wonder strike was enough to see off the other wanderers from the division. Now, when we last recorded, it was after the 1-0 defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. But nonetheless, we still talked about how we had found our form. But since then, the form has just got better and better and better. It has been close to perfect. Five games for Wickham, five wins, only two goals conceded, four clean sheets, and yet still three points off the playoffs. We're going to be talking about closing that gap, about the gap beneath us. We're going to be looking at the running, and we're going to be looking at whether we'd prefer to miss out on the playoffs or make the playoffs and be unsuccessful. We'll probably be talking a little bit about the QPR manager role and we are going to be looking ahead to the upcoming games. But we'll start with that game yesterday against Bolton George. I mean, it was, I can't say a perfect performance, but a very, very good one and another very, very good one. Another classic Wickham 1-0, to be honest. You know, it's a case of, we, we I thought we were the much the better team in the first half. And uh, once once we scored the almost inevitable goal, uh, we were very workmanlike and professional in terms of dealing with the game and seeing it out and taking taking the points. I think once that goal went in, it there was a certain air of inevitability that that, that was going to be the scoreline at the end of the game. You say that about you know the the typical one nil, but I, I kind of think we've come away from that a bit in recent weeks, certainly through December. I mean, if you think of back to Portsmouth, we scored a late goal. Accrington, we scored a late goal to make it 2-0. Port Vale, we ran away with it. It's only really yesterday in Ipswich where we've really been had to dig out those tight results. Maybe Bristol Rovers as well uh, on on Boxing Day, even Peterborough, that 3-0 victory on New Year's Day. Um, And there's something about the way that we're playing now is that we're not being so defensive-minded when we do take the lead. Um, as to it be a problem when should we concede an equaliser? And I felt against Derby when we were 1-0 up, when they equalised, it was disappointing, but I wasn't really, really worried because I thought, well, we don't need to massively change our approach. We haven't been sitting on this lead for so long and suddenly they equalise and now we've got to come out of ourselves. We just need to carry on doing what we're doing. And that's proved to be the case against Derby with with those two late goals that 
enabled us to win that game. And then even yesterday, I mean, the first 25 minutes of the second half, it was largely all Wickham and we looked more likely to score the second goal. Yeah, we did. I think that was a very nice, subtle way of you disagreeing with me there. So well, <laughs> well done. You, you, you constructed that very well. I think I think you're right, though, that actually we can the the there's a bit there's a diversity to to the way that they're winning at the moment you know derby last week was probably a, a good example of that and then you saw a di- totally different example at Accrington in the week and, and actually bolton again was was different as well and i think probably if you rewind to two years yesterday was probably fairly stereotypical of 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 that period of time when you know it was an Akin Fenwick penalty, you know, would would get us three points more often than not, or something on those lines, and and that's probably what it felt like felt like yesterday. But but you're right that there is a there is a a, a different style to to our wins and and to our performances these days, and 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 we don't ne- and again we don't necessarily shut up shop straight away. It, it's a case of we you know that that that. They Wickham have learnt to manage games in a in a very professional manner these days. Yeah, we've obviously got that reputation for for the gamesmanship and the time wasting. But to be perfectly honest, despite what opposition fans might tell you on social media, it's not been happening. I mean, there's there's not been huge amounts of injury time. We haven't had big injuries. Um, there's been a little bit of it going on now and then. Of course, there has. Um, every team does it, but I don't think. We've been doing it in excess recently, uh, and that's maybe a sign of the confidence and the ability that we have within the the side. And just the fact that we are so hard to break down. We saw this against Ipswich and yesterday, the last 20 minutes against Bolton. The opposition might have plenty of possession. They might be knocking the ball around, but they're really struggling to create chances. And even thinking back to, to yesterday, Strike, yes, he made that fantastic save in injury time from the overhead kick, but he's not really been called into action massively to make loads of stunning stops is he well it was a it was a, a lovely rarity yesterday that we actually sat, sat together and watched the game i think it was only the second time this season that we've sat together and watched a football match yeah. and, and and we said that at the time didn't we that actually apart from that wonderful save at the end you, you, you're right he didn't have a huge amount a huge amount to do and and i think that that the the, the, the um for one of a better phrase, the shithousery that, that that Wickham have been associated with, I've noticed this year has trickled up the leagues um, into the Championship, into the Premier League. And you look at when when Arsenal played Newcastle a few weeks ago, that Newcastle have clearly learned a lot of lessons from Gareth Ainsworth to the point where I sent a couple of jokey text messages to some friends saying that actually probably Wickham are due to sign a, a loan player from Newcastle at some point quite soon as a thanks for... The, for the uh, support that we've given them in 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 getting that getting that point at uh, the Emirates, you know, and 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 it you know, so it's not it's not only Wickham these days, and and, and you're right, we, you know, Wickham of, of uh, Gareth Ainsworth changes his approach on on probably every every sort of three or four months, you know, Wickham have tweaked the way that they they play and. And that's that was very evident a couple of seasons ago when we were in the championship is that we, we learn to win games in a very specific manner and and, and that manner changes um, quite consistently and I think that's that's the secret to to Gareth Ainsworth's um, uh, success at the club. There was an interview with David Stockdale about sort of calling for treatment when the opposition's on top just to break up their rhythm you know when you're under the cost you can just take a couple of minutes out of the game and then they can struggle to find their feet again 
And that's something we saw recently with Strike, I think, against Ipswich and then Bristol Rovers when he fairly unsubtly went down when there was no pressure on and waved at the referee and said, yeah, I, I need to someone to come on. And it, it was pretty obvious what he was doing. But like we're saying, that it, it's not really happening anymore. I mean, we're not in a rush to take our goal kicks. But, you know, I think there's so much confidence running through this side that we don't need to do that anymore. We know that we can just be organised at the back and we know that we can see these games out um, without frustrating the opposition in that way. But what's really encouraging as well with how good we've been defensively is just how disrupted the defence has been. I mean, we've had Alfie Mawson sadly retire. We've Tafazoli's come in and come out. We've had McCarthy covering. We've had Willis come back in. We lost Grimmer yesterday. But in spite of all of that, it just doesn't change. They're just such a unit. And it's a patched up defence is just as good as a first choice defence, it seems. That they're all they're all on the same page, aren't they? And I, I thought yeah. I was I was speaking to a uh, I was in the pub earlier this afternoon, sharing a couple of Guinness with a uh, a Sunderland fan friend of mine, and uh, he, we were talking about Willis, and he was saying that you know if you keep him fit, he's going to be a superb signing. Um, and and I thought yesterday he looked brilliant. You know he he came in, and and the heartbeat of the defense was exactly the same. It didn't you know potentially that's a substitution at that stage in the game, at that position that can change a team's dynamic quite dramatically. It didn't happen. It, it, it was consistent. Wickham con, uh, defended consistently throughout. Uh, and I think that shows uh, that that is um, consistency across the training ground in terms of the methods that they use, in terms of the, the willingness of the squad to, to um, adapt and, 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 bring on these um the, the commitment they have to the to the team um it's not a team of individuals these days it is it is a genuine team i say these days it's always been the case that's how we can progress that individually they're, they're they're far they're far less than the, the sum of their their worth so you know it's um it's testament to uh to to brilliant coaching staff uh this this way of playing it, it really is and that sort of leads us into our next point. Obviously, in the, the time since we last spoke, Anis Mimetti has, has gone to Bristol City and to all intents and purposes appears to be doing very well there. A man of the match display yesterday, a brilliant assist in the week. But his loss, we thought it would be leave a big, big gap, but it hasn't. Goals are still coming. Um, we're still playing extremely well. And as bad as it was, or bad as we felt when we lost him, it's not really seemed to have had any sort of negative effect on us. And... I'd even say there's an argument that we're slightly better without him. I'm not. I'm not fully convinced by that, and I think long term um, he he will be a loss. But I just feel that him not being in the side has allowed two or three other players to to come into the fold. A bit more competition for places, maybe. We've seen uh, Hanlon. Uh, I thought he had a very good game yesterday. Scored a good goal at Port Vale. And TJ Debar, who got a great assist um, against Derby, and then another one against Accrington. If we still had Mimetti, Debar wouldn't have uh, probably got on to get those opportunities. So it's almost created opportunities for us within the squad that's been to our um, been been a great positive for us. It, it happens a lot in, in football, and there's notable examples of when uh, a, a good or great player within a squad moves on, and and as a fan, you're thinking, "Oh God, how can you replace them? How can you replace their goals or assists or whatever?" And you do find that actually a team can progress past that because that player has been too much of a single focus. 
Um, a great example when Thierry Henry left Arsenal. You know, Arsenal actually progressed um, as opposed to regress when when he left for Barcelona. I'm sure if Harry Kane left Spurs in the summer for for City, Spurs probably would have would have would have kicked on. Um, when Rooney left Everton for United, they actually went on and had one of their best seasons ever afterwards. Um, you know, so it's 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 not necessarily a, a huge loss, um, at least in the short term. That, that that fans often think that it is. And another example, I suppose, is Ronaldo at Man United as well. I mean, I know there were off the field issues, and I think that him leaving there has been a big positive for them because they don't have those distractions, and we don't need to get into that debate and which side of the fence you sit on there. But you know, since he left, they've gone on a fantastic run in the Premier League, reached the League Cup final, and a drew with during the new camp and are looking well in the Europa League. So that's been a, a positive for them, despite losing a fantastic player that Ronaldo undoubtedly is. So it's um it's a funny debate, but I mean Mimetti, I, I can't you can't call him a luxury player because he absolutely wasn't because he was he scored goals and he created, but <clears throat> certainly was a player that was fantastic to watch. Um but that didn't mean to say that other players can't do the job maybe in less of a flash way. I don't think I'm describing that particularly well, but um it's not it's just not been a problem. And I think that's a massive encouragement. And Ainsworth's always been about that. It's always been that team game, that team ethos, everyone pulling together. And how fantastic that we we could sell him. And I thought holding on to him would be our best chance of getting the playoffs. I'd like to have seen him seen us hold on to him until the summer because he still had a year left on his contract. It wasn't to be. And so far, it's just not been a problem. Maybe if we get a couple of injuries in the running, we might notice it a little more. We don't want to speak too soon. And we can't be too down on, on Mehmeti for what a fantastic player he is and what a great career that he's having and hopefully will continue to have. Um, and I do think it's only fair to say we would be stronger with him, but you know there are positives to him going. Um, you know, you've got to look at it from both perspectives. I mean, what's interesting, though, over these 12 games since um, I, I kind of feel like the season just restarted after we lost to Cheltenham in November and we had that two-week break. And these 12 games, nine wins, one draw, uh, only two defeats. But at the start of that run, we were six points off the playoffs. Um, and now we're only three points off the playoffs. So although we've caught up with a lot of teams, we just haven't really closed that gap. It's quite remarkable, isn't it? Just how tight this league is at the top. Well, we were probably sat here this time last year talking about how tight this league was the difference this year is that the uh there's there's less points at the top um because there was a huge gap between top and bottom last year in terms in terms of points where the the top seven or eight had a had a, a, a runaway amount of points and they'd literally just taken them off the off the bottom seven or eight um where and the the gap between the two was absolutely vast the league's a lot more compressed this year, but it's still it's well, it's more competitive at the top than it ever, 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 ever has been. And you're right, you 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 can go you can go on a run of five games or even more and actually still really not change your league position, which which shows how um enthusiastically competitive it, it really is and and that just probably shows that it's going to go down to the absolute wire at the end of the season i think last season it was a record number of points to make the playoffs in league 1 and i think that could be the case again um what's difficult to really 
um, match up is the problem. Well, the problem you have when you come to match it up, I should say, is that everyone's on so many different games. If you look, uh, we've got a game in hand on Ipswich, seven points off them. Uh, two games in hand on Bolton, six off them. Four off Derby, same number of games. Three off Barnsley, but they've got a game in hand on us. So it's all a little bit all over the place. And hopefully as these teams gradually catch up, you'll get a, a clearer picture. But while we haven't necessarily, when we have closed the gap, because we're a lot closer to a lot of those teams. And in this uh, recent run, we've beaten, we've now beaten all four teams currently sitting in the playoffs. And Barnsley, obviously earlier in the season, but Ipswich, Bolton and Derby. But what we have done is we've stayed attached to that pack. And I think that underneath the teams below us have all fallen away. And there are a lot of teams that were perhaps had half an hour in a playoff place, Exeter, Portsmouth, Peterborough, Bristol Rovers, Oxford. They've gone on some poor runs and they've really trickled down the leagues. And you do sort of feel that the playoff picture is a little clearer. It's pretty much four from five, you'd have to say. Um, Shrewsbury, they are five, five points behind us, having played a game more. Peterborough do have a game in hand. Uh, they're six points behind, so you perhaps couldn't discount them, but it's it's really just a few clubs that you would um you'd think will be in the playoff picture from where we stand now. Completely agree. I, I think um I think you're right. It, it probably is um f- uh, four from five. It you could argue Peterborough are still still in the mix, and Shrewsbury Shrewsbury fans will be saying that they're that they're still in there as well. They'll need to um, beat us next week, though, really. Exactly, yeah, and actually, that that game for them is 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 probably very very crucial um, because then otherwise a real a real gap does does start opening up. Um, in in fairness, Peterborough are on on the league table still very much uh, in the mixer. Um, having said that, their recent form has been pretty shabby. They did win three 0 yesterday against Morecambe, but before that they got uh, they got pumped. Um, uh, by Bolton, uh, and they lost to Fleetwood as well. They they don't look like a consistent team. Um, they don't. It, 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 the standard that's that's being played in the top six or seven um, is too high for them this season. Um, and I think they're probably about where they deserve to be, um, similar to Shrewsbury actually. So uh, I think it probably is four from five. To be honest, it's crazy when when you look at the the top seven. Uh, the last five games for each of the teams. Um, so that's what, um, what 30, 35 matches. There's only three defeats in those 35 games. Um, Plymouth have lost one of their last five. Bolton have lost one of their last five to us. Derby have lost one of their last five to us. Uh, and then um, that's it. That's well, I was going to say all, all of those defeats Except are only on the basis that they've beaten each other. You yeah, know, well, they, well, they've they, lost they, to us, they, apart from Plymouth. One, no one in that top seven has lost to anyone else in the league in in those in those thirty five games. Mm. And then you go Shrewsbury and Peterborough, who in their last six have lost three between them. So that again, that just shows that that gap is is really opening up, and we've just got to sort of try and try and stay attached. The problem, on one hand, is that we've only got Ipswich away and Barnsley at home to play. Ipswich is boxing. Uh, Day, sorry, Good Friday, Barnsley in March. So on one hand, that gives us less opportunities to close those gaps. But the positives that we're going to be playing teams beneath us in the division. So we've probably got a slightly easier running, dare I say it. Would you agree? 
I, I hadn't twigged on this until you mentioned it yesterday, to be honest. But but you're right. Whichever whichever situation you're in, you always want to be playing teams that, that are below you because they're where you're gonna you're gonna pick up your most points. So so I think I I didn't I hadn't hadn't cottoned on to Wickham's run being so good. Um, and, and I think it's actually um, it's a huge positive. It, it's it's a massive positive. I think I think if you were a bookmaker pricing up Wickham right now and you you take their fixtures into account, you definitely take a point or two off their off their chances just based on their fixtures. I mean, if you break it down with the record, I mean, people always say, yeah, we do better against the big teams than against the little teams. That's not the case. I think the reason people tend to think that is because you remember the victories against the big sides. We're going to remember the wins over Derby and Bolton, Barnsley away and Ipswich a lot more than we do the victories against um, Forest Green uh, and who else? We're, we're quite strong at home against those sorts of teams, yeah. aren't we? But I, I think we tend to get beat more away from home. But I mean, that, that Crimson game, for example, is not going to live long in your memory in the way the Derby game will. So that's why... I think people have that perception, but just breaking it down into actual facts, we've we've picked up 12 points against the top six from eight games, uh, yet we picked up 13 points against the bottom six in seven games, so slightly better against the bottom six than the top six. Um, and our, our record against teams in the top half, we've picked up 26 points uh, and picked up 27 points against teams in the bottom half. So it's, it's fairly evenly spread, but nonetheless, I think we can be confident if we can just keep doing what we're doing and keep working as hard as we're working. There's, there's no reason that we can't make these, these playoffs and, you know, having beaten all four teams that are currently in those positions, no reason we can't do quite well when we get to them, you know, why not? I know that the, the league position doesn't belies it to a, to a degree, but there, there's no doubt based on, based on the games that I've seen this season, which is all, but the, all, but all of Wickham's Wickham's games, um, we're we're more than good enough um, to be competing for for the playoffs um, this season. Um, if we if we do get there, it's 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 purely on on merit. Um, there's no luck involved. Wickham Wickham are a superb superb side this season. If I, let me give you three options, right? <clears throat> and you if you're going, you have to rank them in terms of preference. Option one, we just miss out on the playoffs. Option two, we lose in the playoff semi final. Or option three. We lose the final. Right now, which one of those would you prefer? Lose the final, hundred percent, hundred hundred percent. Last season against Sunderland, I did. I, I, it's a it's a tricky train ride on the way home. Put it put it that way. Yeah, I had a whale of a time. I I went out with a, with a close friend of mine, a very old friend of mine, and we had a couple of a couple of jars of uh, of ale in the uh, uh, in the Flint Cottage beforehand. We got straight onto the train platform, no queuing up. Um, we got straight up to Wembley. We had a few beers in there. We saw a load of people that we that we know that we have probably haven't seen for many years, and, and and it was it was just a brilliant day out. I had a smile on my face right up until the point the sun first Sunderland goal went in, and uh, and I just I had a brilliant I had a brilliant time. I'd do it all over again. It was it was it was it was great. And that that's the thing. I think that I think I learned a lot of lessons in, from the South End uh, playoff final whereby um, you've just got to enjoy the day. Don't worry about what the result is. If you lose, it just it's one of those things. It happens. You move on 
Um, but but just enjoy the moment because it's not very often you get to go and see your team at Wembley. Um, and it's a fantastic place. And as Wickham fans, we're very lucky because it's very, it's on our doorstep. It's very easy to get to. And and it's um it, it it's it's a it's a brilliant, brilliant thing. And 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 if you're if you're a kid, especially if you're sort of you know, probably in your uh in your era in your early to mid-teens, being able to go on days like that are just brilliant. You never forget them. Um so yeah losing the playoff final every every time yeah i'm with you on that i say you've always got to enjoy the journey and even though we lost the final in 2015 and in um, 2022 i still have fantastic memories of those semi-final victories against plymouth and milton Keynes. they were fantastic nights that the second leg against plymouth um the first leg against milton Keynes was magnificent and then that moment when the whistle went and I realised we were going to Wembley, having not been able to go myself in 2015. It was fantastic and I enjoyed the journey. Um, you know, the game and the result, yes, they were a little disappointing, but I still think you kind of still hit something. You still got something tangible. You still got some memories to take with you. Losing the semi-finals compared to missing out is a bit of a closer one, I'd, 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 I'd say. Um, but nonetheless, you've still sort of achieved something. You've still got something tangible that you hit that season you still sort of hit your target I would say I perhaps feel slightly I felt slightly stronger about that last season last season I was like no absolutely I definitely want to lose the final this season I wouldn't be quite as disappointed about missing out in the semi-finals or just missing out on the playoffs altogether but I'm I'm definitely with you on that now there's one I thing a, that... I have a confession to make before, before you go and I have a confession um uh, forgive me, uh, Phil, but I, for I have sinned. But after yesterday's result, I have just started. I, I thought, you know what? It's just worth looking at what the date of the playoff final is going to be. And this afternoon in the pub, when I was with the my, my Sunderland uh, uh, supporting friend, he's also in a similar position. He, they've got a, he's got a nose a constant streaming nosebleed because they're so high at the moment, and. Uh, we we discussed that what the uh, what the playoff uh, uh, final dates would be, and I realised that last week I've booked a holiday for the, when the playoff final is going to be. So, in all likelihood, if we do get there, and it's a huge if, but if we do, I'm probably going to have to miss it, which is awful. It's an awful yeah. feeling. I My was there, son. yeah. I was there eight years ago, and, and uh, Simon, who's not with us tonight, he was. Um... He was there last year and missed missed that final. What, what is the day of the playoff final without getting too ahead of ourselves? Well, I think it's that we 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 didn't I didn't actually fully look at it. I don't, as I said, I don't want to really tempt fate or get too ahead of myself. But it's going to be that May bank holiday weekend right. at the end There's of May. There's about three bank holidays, so in May, isn't there? I think it's going to be there is there is three. It's the last one. Uh, it's the summer bank holiday, and I think it's going to be either the 27th or 28th of May. And my holiday, I'm due to go on the 26th. Are you going abroad? No, I'm going down. Well, so this is the thing. I'm going down to Cornwall. So, uh, and the house that we're going to um, is a friend of ours. Um, so, uh, so we're pretty relaxed on, uh, and, it, and it's free as well. So it's not oh, like yeah. I'm going to lose if you're going, money. It's if you're going abroad, you're in a real trouble because you can't, the, you can't change your flights and all that. But no, this, this is country, it. The, you the, might the, be all right. It's it's fairly likely that I still might be able to go, and I think probably what will happen is I've just got to I've just got to get it passed with with uh, with the lady of the household. But if I do, I suspect I'll probably have to uh, jump on a jump on a train straight to Cornwall from from London. But uh, 
Yeah, we don't want to get too ahead of ourselves because there's a lot of football to be played. Not getting too ahead of ourselves. Absolutely not getting ahead and, of ourselves. Must stress other, that. <laughs> and one other thing that's happened is QPR um, have surprisingly sacked their manager. It happens regularly. <laughs> Gareth Ainsworth's name is going to be in the hat again. We have this conversation time and again. I mean, he's um, the early odds have put him at the favourite of, of four to one, um, but that's you know, quite quick off the off the mark. Four to one on. We should, we should have just gone. Sorry, four to one on. That is right. Okay, which is but, which is strong. That that's very heavy. But I mean, just your quick thoughts on the matter. I mean, personally, I don't think he will go because I think it's a huge risk. Um, you know, when you've got managers being sacked after 12 games, when he's got something very stable here, I don't see why he'd throw that in to go to QPR now. Maybe he would do it in the summer when he's hit something with Wickham and he can see um, maybe a glass ceiling to where we're, where we're headed. But right now, I don't think it's going to happen. We've got to remember he did leave QPR 13 years ago, so that club's changed a lot in that time. But what are your thoughts on it briefly? It's an, it's an interesting one. You always feel... Well, I always felt that at some point Ainsworth's gonna gonna wind up at, at QPR, and maybe this will be the moment. As I said, he's one to four on, which in in that type of market you don't generally see odds those those that slim. So we'll have to see what unfolds over the next few days. Um, if you look through that market, there's not a huge amount of names where you think, oh yeah, and actually, do you know what? If it's not Ainsworth, it's you know he he he's going to be a fair name. You've got Chris Wilder and Nathan Jones, and then and then the rest. It's sort of bowls in, into sort of various different options which don't look that likely. I think I've just, I actually literally just received a text from a, a QPR um, supporting friend of mine and he's made a very good point actually is that he says we missed out on Warnock and actually do you know what it, we probably wouldn't be having this conversation and, 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 and Ainsworth wouldn't be one to four on if QPR had sat their manager a couple of weeks ago. Um, because Warnock probably would have would have been a shoe in at that point, um, albeit he was he was retired. But do you know what? If Les Les gives him a call, he's probably he's probably going to jump at jump at that. So it might be interesting that Huddersfield acted when they did because it might change the uh, the, the the management outlook for us. So so, but we'll have to see what what happens. He also went on to say that he's not sure why Ainsworth would leave to go to QPR. They're in absolute dire straits at the moment. They're in proper relegation form. If it wasn't for their strong start to the season, where I think in the end of September they were fourth or something, um, they, they've literally had an absolute car crash ever since. Um, their form is diabolical. They are properly bottom of the form league. Um, and, 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 and Ian's, my friend, is right. He's, you know, why would you... It's a tricky gig for any manager to go there at the moment. The only thing you could maybe argue is that, you know, they've got a... They have got a fairly strong squad, and you do think that a half decent manager could probably go in there and and make it work. But at the same time, you know they've they've had they've had dozens of managers over the, over the period that Wick, that Ainsworth's been at uh, at Wickham, and none of them have really been able to get a tune out of the team and even look close to to um, challenging for for playoffs or promotion. So it's clearly a tricky place to go to and be successful. That's what I think. It's just such a big risk, um, and that's that's why I'm. We tell the stories. We tell ourselves the stories we want to hear, and of course, we want to believe that he's going to stay. Um, but I do think that that is a very important factor to to bring into the conversation. I think in 2019 he was very close to the job, and I think he was interviewed. And um, 
I heard he was disappointed that he didn't get the job. Um, that was just before Warburton got it, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, but at the same time, he was, he was, was very, very close there. I was surprised he didn't go at that point. I thought he was, I thought he was a shoe in. But at that at that point with Wickham, he'd gotten us up, he'd kept us up in League One, and this was pre Kuig, and he probably felt at that time, look, I can't take this club any further. There's no money, yeah. trust ownership. Now's a good good point for me to go because I'm not going to be able to do any better. Then the Kuigs came in and, you know, it's been promotion the following season, season the championship, playoff final, and now we are where we are. So, um, you know, he's got it. He's, even if we were to lose the next five, ten games, he'd still be in charge. So he's got that job security, which is a rare thing in football. So hopefully uh, QPR will appoint someone who brings them great success and it's not Gareth Ainsworth. But in the meantime, he's still got a job to do at Wickham. And next week, we travelled to Shrewsbury before hosting Exeter for the Family Fun Day. Quickly, what are your thoughts on those two? I mean, it's easy to say, yeah, we could win those, having picked up these great results recently. But you never know in this league, do you? And both of those sides beat us in the early meeting. It's an interesting one. It's it's interesting, Shrewsbury being so close to us. Um, their form has been relatively consistent. They they pick up just as many points away as they as they do at home. Um, uh, they did lose uh, yesterday to, uh, away to Accrington, which is which is an interesting one, and that would suggest that you know uh, on form Wickham Wickham probably would uh, would would look slight favourites going into that game, um, and and certainly if we were to win that that game, it pretty much probably puts them not out of the playoff picture, but it certainly makes makes things a lot trickier for them and a lot easier for us. So I, I do think Wickham in the form that they're in probably do stand a fairly fairly good chance in that game yeah absolutely I mean it's always going to be tricky to go there and they are going to be right up for it because it's I hate the term must win I've said that many a time before but for them it does feel that if they don't win this one then that is their playoff hunt pretty much over with that game in hand so they're going to have to come at us and uh, and hopefully we can we can hit them on the counter and, and um, get the result and then it's extra for the family fun day I did put a little homework assignment out on the uh, podcast Twitter feed. A lot of people moan about the club not putting the word out about these events to try and get the crowds up, but they they do actually do it. There was a couple of players in town the other day. I received an email from my son's school as well promoting it, so they are getting out in the community. But if you're a season ticket holder, try and bring just one person along to that game that hasn't been before or doesn't come regularly. Every season ticket holder did that. All of a sudden, that's 7,000 without even trying. Easier said than done, I know, but I know you're bringing your um, your boy to his first game or planning to for, for the next game. So, again, could be a tricky game. Exeter now sort of sitting in mid-table. Um, but, I mean, we've just got to be confident with every match of the way we're playing at the minute, haven't we? Got, got to be. I mean, the, 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 as I said, the, at the very start of the pod, the, the form at the moment is is probably some of the, the, some of the best I've seen um, in the... 30 odd years I've been a Wickham fan. Nice. Five um, five wins it, in a row in the third tier for the first time ever. Yeah, you just, you just incredible. It, it, it doesn't really get much better. Um Exeter uh, a bit of an up and down team there. They're probably going to finish around where they are right now. Um they haven't actually won their last four. Um they've lost to um Burton who are in in quite good form themselves actually. Um they've lost lost to Charlton, they've lost to Port Vale uh, and they drew against uh drew against Shrewsbury 0-0. So uh, again in the form that Wickham are in 
Um, I see no reason why why it can't be a good result. And on the fan thing, um, you know, I've I've, I've had a, a friend from the through um, sort of parents of the school and stuff. We've made a block booking. I think there's uh, I think there's twenty of us going. Um, we're taking our lads along for the first time each. So it's uh, so it's, a, it's 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 so far so good on that front. I think. So you're going to say six points and two clean sheets? Yeah. Why not? Why why not at the moment? Is, you know, I'm almost is, is, I'm almost drunk. I'm I'm drunk on our on our form at the moment. But there's yeah, always that there's not? that football fan negativity, isn't there? That you think, well, you know, because it's going to be tough, and we might just they, you know, the opposition could sneak a point. You could have an off day, but you know, the way the way that we've been playing, it's it's hard to see if we can just keep that form up and keep that momentum. Um, absolutely no reason to to believe it won't happen. If you do want to travel to Shrewsbury, uh, the Independent Supporters Club are running a coach, and if you want to book on that coach, then do give Colin Butler a call on 01494 536 270. That's 01494 536 270 to book on the coach to Shrewsbury and any other away days with the Independent Supporters Club. But that brings us nicely to the end of this pod. Uh, anything further to add, George? I just, uh, your friend Ian's um, comments in the press uh, about the game yesterday, I thought were wonderful. It, yeah. it, every every manager has ever been to Adams Park has probably said exactly the same thing. Oh, you know, we we, we lost the battle, but we'll win the war and their tactics and blah, 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 blah. And and it's just extraordinary. Wickham have been doing this for a decade and he hasn't <laughs> learned his lesson. It's brilliant, isn't it? He's up there with Jerry Barton. Um, you know. Oh, he is up there with Joey Barton. Who I he just curdles my blood. He really does. Yeah, but well, we just just watch Wingy's goal on a repeat, and you'll uh, you'll soon calm down. That's it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for downloading. Do spread the word at Wonder Podcast on Twitter, and we will see you again shortly. Come on, you blues. I'm wandering with you.